everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm Captain Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for this little sojourn down memory lane, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. How you fellas doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. That's a good. That's a good a, way to say how I'm doing. That's a good, solid response. Let's not knock it, everyone. Commander Fogel coming in all all clutch with that statement. Good job. Good job. Is clutch even a, a, a like a phrase anymore? Or are we like way, 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 way past it now? It's, we're probably past that now. Good. Good. I got to keep my elder millennial card, you know, in check. You know what I'm saying? I got to make sure I'm like way behind the trend. Otherwise, I'm not doing it right, I think. <laughs> Just I- ironically... Not being a hipster. <laughs> you know, people would say that I'm a hipster. Maybe David's a hipster because we got the beard and the glasses. And we like our craft beer, and apparently that's hipster, right? Oh, we're, oh, we're doing the glasses thing with the beard? Here we go. Uh, okay. Is, is this better? I mean, I feel like... I, Chase, take those off. That looks weird. These are the voyages and all hipster podcasts. <laughs> these are so people in listener land can't see it, but those are my uh, my blue light glasses from staring in front oh. staring in front of the screen like all day, or staring at the screen in front of. Okay, they, look like, they look like your Harry Potter cosplay glasses, bro. Do you even Harry Potter? <laughs> they were like round, like Harry Potter, like. They're like the, the, the turtle, the tortoise shell or whatever they're called. I don't know. Like the, I don't know. I, I like them. Don't, don't, don't make fun of my glasses. Okay. Gosh. All right, boys, let's go into our first segment. Uh, corn cob pipe smoking and IPA of the week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a shop since you're spring, you're bringing up pipe. There was a shop in a, a downtown Flint. That I um, that I used to like walk by um, whenever I'd like go get like lunch at um what was that place called like Halo Burger or something like that? Yeah, Halo Burger. Yeah, that man, those Dino shaped nuggets were amazing there. I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, so good. The burgers are amazing too. Um, but there was like this like pipe tobacco kind of smoke shop that like I was always like kind of curious to go into, but I'm like I don't know. I don't know if I should go in there. But like, it was like, like that part of Flint like had like a lot of historic buildings to it. So like the architecture was kind of cool, and like just like the history of like that strip of Flint was pretty cool. Um, so I kind of wanted to go in there just to see what it looked like, but I never did. I was, I was chicken. I was chicken, not the good kind. It's not very with Chick-fil-A intimidating. Sauce. Very intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, anytime you walk into, like, I don't know if you've ever tried to walk into a cigar shop. Probably not. It's very intimidating because, like, they're all the customers there, like, I feel like they want to judge you and stuff. And, like, the people that work there, because they're all got their smoking jackets on and there's all the people in the smoking room. And it's, like, it's very judgmental, it looks like. I do and not like, know. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm I do good. not know what cigar shops you've been into. So there is one locally here that I will go into from time to time. 
and uh, <clears throat> there are no smoking jackets. There is a, there are several smoking rooms, and there are often cards being played and food being eaten. But I, I, I can see why um, it might be a little intimidating for newcomers who have zero idea what they want. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, I, I don't know. Something good. <laughs> well, good is subjective. <laughs> yes. Wow. Everybody has a different, a different good. And then you have to learn how to properly light a cigar. You know, how to properly cut a cigar. Mm. You know, do you like the Connecticut broadleaf wrapper? <laughs> yeah, so, this is what I mean. So, like, I, I, I don't know. There's something. You know, from what's what's your spending limit? Wow. <laughs> I mean, for for me, my the, the, this week on Cigar Weekly, let me tell you about the <laughs> Cigar Weekly, the new podcast coming fall 2028. It'll be a whole five minutes, and here's your recommendation. Then we're done. It's bite size. <laughs> yeah, but my, you know, mine's generally about a ten dollar cigar. That's usually where I hover in. Hmm. My dad, um, habit. like, told me this like I don't know, like a couple years ago. Um, but like, we both enjoy like the the smell of a cigar, but we don't like necessarily want to smoke a cigar. Um, and he was telling me. Uh, you know, you're like, you know, son, if I, if I ever smoked, you know, I'd, I'd smoke a pipe. And I'm like, okay, Dad. He was like, no, no, I'm serious. Like, I'd smoke a pipe. Like, there's just something so cool and so interesting about a pipe. I'm like, all right, Dad. Get after it. Not really. He's not He's not going to get after it. But it's like one of those, like, things, like, you never really expect that sort of thing to, like, come out your parents' mouth. But there it came. And here we well, are. Well, it's like when you, when you get older and you use your parents, like start to treat you like an adult mm-hmm. and they like talk about things that they would never talk to you about as a kid you're like wait what who <laughs> <Back>. are you <laughs> like who are you <laughs> back the truck up dude yeah like the first time you see your parents like get drunk maybe where you like you understand that they're drunk mm. that's an interesting <laughs> thing like talking about cigars and stuff yeah it's like who are you Well, you know, perhaps perhaps the next time we're all in the general vicinity of each other, we'll find we'll find a cigar shop and I'll walk you through a cigar. It'll be fun. Are you gonna give us the tour? I, I mean, maybe. Sure. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> See you in January. <laughs> oh boy. Maybe. Next to the IP uh, the IPA section of the podcast. <laughs> Goodness. No, just. David, remind me that I need to take you to about like four or five more grocery stores next time you're in town. You have you have more. <laughs> you have more to there's, take me to. There's always more grocery <laughs> stores to be taken to. I'm just saying. Well, Eric, we can go to the other liquor store that we missed the last time we were down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, this, this, this episode's already off to a great start. Great start. Must have been a long week. It sounds like it's been a long week for everybody. Has it been as long a week for you guys as it seems to have been for me? Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. No, it hasn't been a particularly long week for oh, me. Well. Good job, That's Eric. Good. good for you. <laughs> good, good for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the week started off like not 
like kind of kind of crazy. Like I think Eric and I were supposed to to talk about some stuff on um, Monday, um, and my internet went out again, so that caused more issues. And then like client stuff, like that was more stuff too. So yeah, and I was telling Eric uh, when we finally did meet, like if it's if it hasn't been a meeting. Um, it's been an email. If it hasn't been an email, it's been a client. So it's like it's been one thing or the other, and I'm like, just, just stop, just stop, just stop. And um, fellas, I know y'all have like, you know, like some, maybe some like nieces or nephews out there somewhere. But man, it just stinks. Like whenever like you're the littles in your life especially if you have like some degree of like supervision that you have to give them if they just you know they're minding their own business they're at daycare and they just get like you know a mild temperature and daycare's like oh <laughs> you need to come get them like oh thanks appreciate it appreciate it so shout out to all the parents out there that have to deal with that nonsense I'm not bitter at all mm, doesn't sound <laughs> like it no um, anyway. Yep. That's all I got to say about that. That's my week. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of grocery stores. Um, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, um, you know, down here in Texas, I know they don't have them up by you, but we have HEBs, right? Mm. That's like the big grocery store. But there's like this really fancy one. like Central Market. Central Market. It's called Central Market, right? Which People David, often refer to it as Gucci B. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> David and I like, went there. Know, like, oh, there's one of them in San Antonio or in Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah, that's where we okay, got. That, well, yeah. Okay, well, there's one of them here in San Antonio, and we went to it, and we're like, wow, this place is amazing. But it's like it's like the place you go when you like want to feel poor. <laughs> you start to look at all the prices and you're like, whoa, whoa, I can't afford that. <laughs> we bought, I mean, we, like, we bought, like, ice cream sandwich bars for, like, $4 a piece. We're like, should we spend money on that? They look really good. Please tell me that it's, like, made out of, like, Ghirardelli chocolate it was, or something. They were, they were pretty fantastic. Okay. And then as we were leaving, we saw, like, the milk aisle. And we were like, oh, my God, that chocolate milk looks so good. <laughs> we were like, should we buy it? We were like, it's $7. Holy crap. Oh, well, but that was like, it, was a two, it was like a, came in a glass bottle that had a deposit, $2 deposit on it. Holy cow. Is there like <laughs> so pixie dust it in it too? Like, Well, I mean, you could bring it back and get $2 back because there was a deposit. Holy crap, man. But we were like, we were like I, I was like, I'm going to buy it. It looks so good. And we got outside, and we're like, we gotta try this right away, right? <laughs> and um, and Raquel was like, I'm gonna be so mad if this isn't good. This isn't like the best chocolate milk I've ever tasted. And then she drank some. She was like, Oh my god, this is amazing. But then, but then she was like, Now I'm mad. And I was like, Wait, why are you mad? It's it's good. She's like, Because it's good. And because I'm gonna have to go back and get more. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> So, oh boy. so fun story about, um, maybe it's not that fun, but fun story about um, Central Market. Um, here about, uh, I want to say it was close to 10 years ago, uh, give or take, um, 
Whataburger. I think y'all y'all both been to Whataburger by, by now. Um, the, around around that time, they had just started bottling like their their condiments, so like their ketchups, their mustards, all that stuff. And they were saying that they had an exclusive partnership with HEB. So um, if you wanted like your Whataburger, ketchup, mustard, whatever, you had to go to an HEB or a Central Market. So I had just recently moved from West Texas where they didn't have it at the time because like after I moved it, it was a thing. And um, I didn't know there was a Central Market um, near where I lived. So the one time I went there to Central Market to Gucci B, as Eric calls it, um, there was no no ketchup, there was no mustard or anything like that. I'm like, Dad, come like so, and like Amazon hadn't started carrying it yet. So, um, but fast forward to today, like that's the only ketchup we carry in our house is, and mustard is um, the regular and the spicy ketchup and the uh, Whataburger mustard. So, it's amazing. Are anyone hungry? Anyone hungry? Like I feel like like we should be eating like cheeseburgers right now or something. I don't know. <laughs> cheeseburgers and podcasting. Mm, cheeseburgers in paradise. So so far it's cigars, IPAs, and cheeseburgers. And Gucci B. Sounds like a good time, right? Expensive chocolate milk. <laughs> Expensive chocolate milk. Would you like some some pixie dust chocolate milk with that cigar? It was it was really good chocolate milk. <laughs> Next we're gonna be like, hey, let's break out the gold schlager so we can drink little flakes of gold. Is that really a thing? Yeah, it's There's a thing. little flakes. That, I don't know if it's, it's not really gold. How much is well, that? Well, it's 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 like gold leaf. Yeah, it's edible gold, but yeah. How much is that? That's it's not... it's bottom shelf. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. It's like, <laughs> it's the really the biggest attraction is that it has little gold leaf in it. It's not good. Mm. Oh yes, I get to, I get to eat some gold. Wow. Ch- Chase, you'd be a lot better off with the IPA of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and recommend Land Grant uh, Massive. That's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, that's an exclusive beer of the Columbus drink, Crew. If you want a good summer drinking one, right? <laughs> Founders All Day IPA. Yeah, Founders is good. Support your local Michigan products. Yeah. Eric, I I hate to be the person to have to tell you this on air, but we're in Texas now. I know, but you still can support your Michigan brands. Okay. Okay, I just want to make sure you got your geography on lockdown. You know what I'm saying? I know where I am. Okay. All right. Good, 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 good job. Good job, everyone. Have in all our ramblings, have has David talked about his his week or anything? I don't, I don't want anyone to feel left out. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just been a, a work week. Um, our executive folks, coincidentally from Texas, came up, so we had to do the whole song and dance and. Uh, Yesterday we did this uh, happy hour. I use quotations there for those of you who don't see anything. Um, and went to this place I'd never been to. And, you know, the, the first thing, they set us outside on the patio. It's muggy as hell up here. It, it is humid. It, it's, I mean, it's only like high 80s, but, which is hot. But it's just muggy. 
so they sit us out on the patio and I, me and my co-worker John were just looking around it's like what why I mean this this sounds like torture and they bring us out glasses of water like that was going to solve everything and then uh, a decision was made to clear the tables so that we could all stand up and talk to each other instead of sitting down which was was a, was a clutch move on their part um, I was already you know kind of like on a bit of a time crunch because I, Wednesdays is normally when I record my other podcast. Uh, so yeah, they got a couple appetizers. I had the aforementioned land grant, uh, massive IPA official beer of the Columbus crew. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, I had one of those and then I, I, I bounced conversation was, it, it was, it was classic, uh, stuffy, no conversation sort of thing. Uh, in just muggy heat, it was it was great. It was so fun. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. This weekend, um, my brother and his wife are gonna figure out the. Uh, well, they're not going to figure out the sex of their baby. They will get it and give it to her niece so that she can then set up a reveal thing. Which I'm sure will cause, yeah. Which I'm sure will cause a forest fire or something like that. I mean, because that's that's apparently what all those are now, or just dust balls. Or I saw one where people are eating cupcakes with like weird filling in it. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, so that'll happen. But uh, yeah, that that's gonna be this weekend. Finally, gonna get my dad down to the Hofbrau house uh, so we can eat some German sausages and drink Dunkles. Nice, which is very good. Yeah. I saw um, uh, one like video, and it had to have been staged, but it was like this um, this like mom or whatever, and she's like holding this like big balloon or whatever, and it has like you know like, I saw that yeah, and kid comes up and stabs it yeah stabs it, and she's like yeah. oh <laughs> like just so so pissed anyway. Yeah. I don't know why there has to be a party for that. Apparently, we're also having, which I didn't know about, because, like, so women have, you know, their uh, baby showers, right? Apparently, now men have diaper parties, which I don't want to participate in, but apparently I'm going to have to participate in. So it'll it'll just probably be us having beers. (laughs) It's just so stupid. I don't want to. I don't want to participate in this. I don't want to participate in this woke crap. I don't need no <laughs> equality. <laughs> it just sounded silly to me, but hey, I mean, whatever helps out, I guess. You wow. know, extra diapers will will help out. They do. Diapers are expensive. They mm-hmm. are. Yep. Oh, I do want to tell you about one place just because of the innuendo. Because this is a kid show. I went to a place last weekend called Weenie Wonder. Awesome. Weenie Wonder. It's a little hot dog place. place. It is. And their slogan was something good for your mouth or something like that. And it was good. It was decent. (laughs) That just sounds like, like it came straight out of like, like Chuck. You know, like the TV show Chuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weenie Wonder. It's attached to the 
the barcade. Uh, so, or a barcade. Okay. So, a lot of fun, man. Barcade and hot dogs. Let's go. <laughs> wow. All right. I feel like we should get to start. I was about to say. Should. We just lose it. We really should. <laughs> this is the lost episode. Just cut like 20 minutes worth of yeah this. the lost 20 minutes <laughs> that's actually what you should do you should just cut all this stuff and then just splice it together at the end of the year and just make one one grand episode you know it's like like during the week of christmas or something like that you just have all these these terrible outtakes that we shouldn't talk about but we <laughs> <laughs> patreon exclusive <laughs> okay so about that Star Trek. About Star Trek. Okay, gang. Well, <clears throat> let's talk Trek. So here we are. We're um, we're coming in to talk about um, a little retrospective of Star Trek Prodigy uh, season one A question mark because there's supposed to be more season one um, here in uh, the fall of 2022. Uh, for a, I think it's supposed to be a 20 episode complete season so we're just going to call it season 1A for now I suppose um, but yeah kind of like we, we did uh, last time with uh, Discovery um, talking about that um, you know going to kind of meander our way through some of the things you know in terms of like the themes what we liked what we didn't um, and a handful of other things um, and talking about like the rating as a whole so um, guys I know that uh, this was a show that we, um, some of us were kind of like, had like, I don't know, like how, how I feel about this, that coming, going into it. It was kind of like a mixed bag for some, but this first aired, the first few episodes aired, um, starting October 28th, 2021. Holy cow. Halloween last year. Halloween 2021 is when this this popped out and I know that this show ended up becoming very very enjoyable for us to to talk about it was like a lot of fun for us to talk about and, and whatnot so kind of rolling into it um, you know what when we think about like this show and you know what we know about the first 10 episodes so far right uh, well not not really kind of 10 10 11 whatever episodes that we have um, what do you think like maybe some of the themes like the main overarching ideas are that we've learned up to this point yeah yeah well, before i get into my themes i'll i'll go here um yeah like this was i know chase you were really excited for this show to premiere back when it was because you know you felt like after a more mature trek that had been on with discovery and picard and lower decks it wasn't as family friendly as right. as Star Trek has been in the past, and this was something that you could watch, you know, with your wife and your daughter. And <clears throat> I know you had her come on and give her little say of some of the episodes sometimes, and so I know you were really excited for that. Um, yeah, I wasn't as excited for this show as I was for you know Picard and Strange New Worlds because. You know, it was marketed as a kid's show. It was marketed as, a, it's a Nickelodeon production. And, you know, when you think of Nickelodeon, you know, you don't, you know, it's it's a it's a kid's channel, right? I know now, I know Nickelodeon does some things marketed at teens, right? With their, 
like iCarly's and Victor, whatever, you know, that stuff, right? <laughs> but, you know, it didn't get me as excited. But I quickly became very excited while watching it because I think the quality was so good. And, and it, it, while, yes, there might be some things that are, you know, kid-friendly, I definitely think a lot of the messaging and the content is very much, you know, something that adults can enjoy. I would say the same thing about, like, Avatar The Last Airbender, which was on Nickelodeon, which was ostensibly a kid show, right? There was a lot of kids' humor. It was, you know, kids could understand it, but then there were a lot of themes, like, that were very, like, adult themes. Maybe you could even go so far as to say, like, Star Wars The Clone Wars was, like, in the same context. Like, it was on Cartoon Network, so maybe it was trying to be marketed towards kids, but there's a lot of really heavy themes, <clears throat> politics and, and things like that, that are, like, good adult content. So I, I was Wanton very... Wanton death. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was... <laughs> so I was very... I wasn't as excited for it when it... Like, to, to watch it. But then once it came on, I... I was I was really enjoying it, and um, <clears throat> I think it's some of the best like just television that we've seen out of Star Trek in a long time. And as far as like themes, <clears throat> I think the overall theme that I that I get throughout the whole show is just learning. Right, we start with a group of people. You know, it's called prodigies, and you right. you think of a prodigy as someone who's just good at everything right away or is good at like like super good at one thing at least but like i don't know if that's how these kids started like they weren't like really good at things in fact they got themselves into a lot of trouble in that first half of the season right? <laughs> like oh they gosh. flew into like they flew into basically a binary star system that was dying they landed on murder planet they call it murder planet, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> murder planet. <laughs> i mean so like they did a lot of learning. Like, they had to learn how to fly the ship. They had to learn, like, how to how to work together. I think that was a big thing because, like, Dal was, like, a loner who wanted to do things himself. And I think by the end, he had, he had, he had like, grown a lot as a character. And I think he'd become pretty pretty solid leader by the end of it. I mean, obviously, he's still got a lot of work to do. But... You know, learning learning to work the ship, learning to work together, you know, learning to trust each other. And they all, all these characters came a long way in that regard. And to me, I think that's one of the big themes of this show. Learning, you said? Yeah, learning. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I would also say just uh, growth. Growth is, is a big thing. Personal growth, professional growth in a way as well. You know, I, th I think um, throughout, really throughout the season, it wasn't just early on, but throughout the season, we, we had glimpses of these kids being kids. You know, yeah. they're, they're not adults. They're still, you know, deficient in some areas. They still need to, as Eric pointed out, learn. And they're in a very technically advanced ship that they don't know a whole heck of a lot about and um you could also sort of parlay that into you know how kids lie because they don't want to get in trouble yeah i mean we we did it when we were kids 
I'm sure you guys can probably think of a time where you lied to try and get out of something, but realistically, parents normally know when a kid's lying because kids aren't good liars to start out with. Well, the show started out with a lie. Well, it started out with several lies when you think about it, but it started out with a fundamental lie when they found the ship. They lied to holographic Janeway. And I thought it was really powerful when we eventually got to the point where where Dal, of all people, finally admitted that, you know, we just kind of stole the ship. You know, we're not Starfleet. Everybody's like, ah, oh, why'd you have to tell her and all this stuff? But the the growth of really, really all, all, all eh, I don't know. I guess Jankum, I don't really know if he really grew all that much. Maybe a little bit. But, I mean, again, this is primarily Dal's story, at least for me. The the growth there was was really encouraging because I think a lot of television that is marketed towards kids is is feels very immature right now. It feels very high energy, non-accountable, just consume, 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 consume. Sure. Whereas this provided a lot more growth opportunity and then also it introduced themes of science uh what what uh what was what was your favorite term from this eric damp sign curve yeah <laughs> so which, which i saw you, know, you put in one of those video packages by the way <laughs> was there any question that no. that was what was going to be there no oh boy <laughs> but see that's the thing i mean introducing those kind of terms and and methods and so forth to, to younger children, I think is great. And we, again, that's not something you always see. So those were, those were a couple things that the growth and then also some science there too. Sure. The, um, I think the thing that was, um, and it kind of like, it certainly connects with what y'all are saying, but, um, I think, um, communication and, um, understanding were, like probably the two that stood out to me the most um, in kind of going through this again, like especially like, you know, lost and found, like that two-part, that two-parter um, story. Um, and like, especially like how powerful it is whenever they're on the bridge um, of the protostar, right? And like they hit the button and like universal translator and everything. And it's like, you can understand me. Like that, that was a really powerful moment. I think, but you know, even going into um, like connecting that idea, the 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 communication, but also the understanding, like with y'all's two ideas of um, of like the growth and like the learning, um, you know, like with with what Dal was was saying, like yeah, we just stole the thing, like that's I thought that was a, a huge thing too, connecting to that overall theme. So, I mean, I like what we're saying. I like the fact that we have like some like big big ish themes that aren't just like flash in the pan kind of stuff like there's there's some substance to it um as as a story and with the characters that are are helping deliver it so um holy cow like with especially like with rock talk with that character's uh development progression i mean all of them but like especially when we're talking about like time amok for crying out loud holy cow well, yeah, Rock Talk, when we first encountered Rock Talk, 
<clears throat> it was just a big creature, and we were supposed to be afraid of it because yeah. when we couldn't understand it and couldn't understand Rock because we didn't have a translator, like its voice sounded very scary. And then it was like a cute little girl voice. And and then, but then we were like, "Oh, you're you're big and strong. You be the security officer, right?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I don't want to be the security officer." And then eventually, like it's. Rock talk that figures out, you know, a lot of math, a lot of math, <laughs> right? And she saves the day. But then also in like the, the season finale, you know, she like Jankum is trying to fix the 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 engine on the 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 Tars Lamora, the colony, and and he can't do it. And Rock's like, well, what if we do this, 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 and this? Jankum's like, new plan. I'll hold the door. You fix the engine. <laughs> right? And it's like, she's like, I'm not just big and dumb. Like, I'm I'm smart here. I can do other things with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a pretty good segue right there you know, to kind of talk about, you know, what were some things that we really liked about, um, you know, what we've seen in, in uh, part, you know, in season 1A so far. Well, I mean, I would say that the back half of the season, like, was remarkably high quality. Like, not that the first half wasn't, but I just, on on this rewatch here, it felt like the first half, like, very little actually happened. You know, you had, like, the two-part premiere, which displays just one episode, like a 44-minute episode. And then you had, like, that Starstruck episode, okay... And then you had another, like, two-part episode. But it was really, like, just an episode that you would think of as, like, a normal. And so, like, really not a lot happened in that first half. Not that it was not enjoyable. But, man, that back stretch, Like, and, like, this is my dislike as well. Whoever made the decision to break this up, I said it at the time, it was a bad decision. Like, it was a mistake to break this up into two pieces and, like put that beginning chunk of discovery in there. That was that was a mistake. Like this should have been given to us all at once. Hmm. Um but man that back that back stretch again where we're learning, right? We've got the Co- Dal is going through his Kobayashi Maru test, right? Where um Gwyn is learning and she's growing and she's struggling with the fact that, you know, her father chose the ship over her and she's struggling with that. And then, like, like we get a first contact situation where, you know, we went in with bad intentions, right? And and Janeway, like, really scolds them for it. She's like, you, you messed up this culture. It doesn't matter that you gave them their crystal back. You totally screwed up. And you didn't, you like, you didn't even start with good intentions. <clears throat> so, like, like I said, learning and they, they grow from that. And then, you know, culminating in, you know, basically this crew saying, hey, we're going to go back for these these unwanted, these prisoners here. We're going to go try to save them. Even though, you know, we might be walking into a trap, it doesn't matter. It's the right thing to do. And, like, <clears throat> can you, I mean, the Dal at the beginning was like, yeah. I, I'm getting away. I'm washing my hands of these people. Like... I can't go back and we're going to go as far away. But now he's making that decision. Like, 
no, we have to go back. And yeah. just like so much growth there, like like David was saying, and, yeah. and learning. But it's just really remarkable back stretch of episodes. Yeah, I thought the I thought it was kind of odd, but I think like the the reason at the time was they were kind of trying to like uh, like make the animation like a little bit better. Like they were like anim- like animation programming type challenges, which is why we got like four episodes or three episodes, whatever, um, and then the rest um, in in the the back half. But man. Like, I know it was, like, some fan service, but, like, those, like, audio caps that we had of, like, original cast members, right? And even, like, some brand new recordings, like, with Gates, you know, like, reprising her role as Crusher in um, the Kobayashi episode. Loved it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't care how, I don't care how much fan service it was. I, that was fantastic. I loved that so much. Um, and... Of course, like, it wouldn't be complete without me making some kind of, like, musical reference. But, like, just the fact that we had, like, the <clears throat> the musical sound, frequency, whatever kind of language in that first contact um, episode, um, that just, like, was, was hitting all the right right buttons for me. But I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you, dude, uh, with you, Eric, that, you know the back half was very very strong and to me like the fact that it was like you said it was being marketed as kind of like a kid show um that it just kind of like blew away any expectations um just with the quality of not even just animation but just the quality of like the writing and the storytelling um just made it that much more enjoyable so it was just i like the the overall quality of this show on top of like, you know, some of those key moments, like whether it was like first contact or, um, you know, Kobayashi or whatever. Like I thought it was a good start too. Like I really enjoyed the, the start. Like there was, as I think of, think back on it, like somehow lost and found just has like that enterprise kind of vibe to it in, in terms of like how it kind of kicked off. And maybe I'm kind of crazy for that, but I was thinking about that, you know, preparing for, for this uh, this particular episode, so I'm kind of rambling at this point. David, what'd you like, man? So, I think I think the one thing that I enjoyed, but it's also somewhat somewhat annoying because we also had this intertwined with Discovery, is that this show became more mature, more I ideal federation idealism (laughs) Uh, more attempt at growth than than discovery ever could be you know Dal at times he you know the self-appointed captain but he also found it within himself to want to take care of this crew of his. Um, I think, you know, Time time Amok was one that I rated with a 10, and I still stand by that. Because you have kids facing down death. 
uh, Jankum died. Gwen died. Dal died. Now, granted, time, it's relative, but they face their own mortality. That's, that's heavy, but it was really well done for the age group you're kind of looking at here. And it had a pleasant resolution where the cutesy talking big rock girl, you know, came through and was able to learn and put together everything that needed to be done in order to save her friends. So I, I, I just, there's no my way or the highway about the show. There is a moral compass and that's Janeway. And as much as like sometimes I can rag on Janeway and Voyager and being a little bit too much my way or the highway, in this it was tempered. What it was tempered by, I will show you the morality. I will show you how to work together. I will help train you. But ultimately, you guys have to come together as a crew. And like I already said, I, th I think that those sort of things aren't done enough for for children's programming. And that's what it is when it comes down to it. That's why they call it programming. That's why they call it programs. That's why your grandpappy calls it a program. I'm going to sit down and watch my program. <laughs> you know, these things are important to, to, to put themes out. Because what do we all do? We watch television. We still are in the loop of watching television. It's, it's kind of what we do for entertainment. So if we're going to show our kids stuff, and I, I was happy that you were able to sit there and watch that with your daughter. It's like, I wouldn't show a kid Discovery. There's, oh. there's absolutely no way, and not even just for some, you know, some of the stuff that happened in it, but just the, you know, where's the moral compass in that show? Where's the, where's the kind of, and I don't, I don't want to like act like I, I myself uh, was always shown educational television. My father and me watched a ton of terrible movies. And I don't want to say like I would do that to a child if I ever had one either. But, you know, at the same token, it's not, It's just nice to see a show that was well put together, that had a good, great message, that had, you know, true um, uh, metered growth throughout a season, and had characters that you really got to know and like. That's, that's important. Yeah, like I mean, I wanna I wanna just piggyback off that idea, like in and like I don't want to pick on Discovery, like David just said either. I really <laughs> hate doing it, but that's that's what happens. <laughs> I know, but like, like we're constantly told the crew is a family, the crew is a family, but like, when are we shown like the family bonding moments? We're really not, but like, and, and I still feel like. You know, David jokes. We need a Reese and Bryce episode where we finally figure out who who's who, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, we've got what six characters here, and one of them is just a slime blob thing, right? right so, right. so I, it's five characters plus Janeway, right? But I, I really do feel like we know all of them, like after just these ten episodes. And we're actually seeing moments where they can bond. Like, there's a fantastic moment. Like, the Diviner has chosen the Protostar over Gwyn. And she's just, like, heartbroken over, like, how could he do that to me? Like, how, like, I'm his child, his progeny. 
Like, how could he choose a ship? It's just an inanimate object over me. And, like, she's, like, heartbroken about it. And, like, that's the reason why they, like, let her out of the brig. They don't, like, confine her anymore because they're like, well, she's a part of this crew now. But then, like, just a couple episodes later, like, we meet the, the this Ferengi who was, like, Dal's mentor or Dal's parental figure who, like, taught him things. But then we learn that basically sold Dal into slavery, yeah. sold Dal to, to end... And then betrayed them here, like stole their, stole their their chimerium crystals, right? That power the ship, and then tried to like basically leave them at the mercy of the the harmonic crystal people. I forget their names. Um, <clears throat> but then, and then Dow's like, how could she do this to me? And so now, like. Dal and Gwyn have this like really bonding moment where they can actually become family quote you know or actually like become a crew and and Gwyn's probably maybe like the best quote of the entire show Gwyn comes up to him and says I wish I could tell you it gets better but I don't know that right I mean that's just like a great moment where we can actually see this crew becoming a crew and actually bonding together over these these shared experiences and shared moments. Yeah. By the way, uh, David, I saw Lethal Weapon 4 with my dad in theaters when I was like uh, maybe 10 or 11. So. Uh, yep, sounds about right. Yep, sounds about right. Um, no, like, the fact that, and I, I gloated about it, you know, but just the fact that I got to share something that I enjoy you know that's age appropriate uh, for my daughter even if she's like just fascinated with like the rock girl right um, like that was just so good that was just so good that I finally got to watch something from like new Trek with my family not just that but I didn't have to worry about you know um, covering her eyes or anything like that or my son who at that point was what three months old basically when this was coming out almost four months old when it was coming out um it was great being able to actually watch trek as a family and we've kind of been able to do that with uh, strange new worlds but that's about it that's about it so um anyway great i think it's 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 off to a great start i'm really looking forward to you know what what comes of it you know um fall of 2022 uh when it's supposed to come back so um i know we've been singing its praises but you know on the flip side of this like what have been some things that maybe we we haven't liked as much i think we've kind of touched on some stuff but like like with scheduling um for the most part but apart from that like what have been some things that we haven't been too crazy about with this show uh, well, for me, I think the biggest thing that, like, it, it's not like a dislike, but it, it, I am confused. Like, where does the show take place? Like, yeah. okay, you know, we're in the Delta Quadrant because there's Kazon, right? Right, right. But then we've got, you know, um, uh, 
Tellerite. <laughs> like, Jacob is a Tellerite. Yes, yes, yes. And so, like, like, he's from the Alpha Quadrant, right? But he doesn't know what the Federation is. Like, Teller is a founding member of the Federation. Like That's true. I, like, what, what, I, I mean, but then, you know, we're... we're but then when we first engaged the protodrive, now we're, like, we started in the Delta Quadrant, but now we're in the Gamma Quadrant. If you see the map, maybe we were just right on the edge, so I could believe that you could move from one to the other if you were right on the edge. But, like, <clears throat> now we want to go back to the Federation, but if we're in the Gamma Quadrant or the Delta Quadrant, like, shouldn't it take a long time? So, like... Where exactly are we in the galaxy? I'm just a little confused on that. And then, like, when does this show take place? I think is, like, the big thing that a lot of us are confused yep. about. Because, like, in the episode Time Amok, we are given a star date which has six digits before the point, right? Like, if you, like, go back and you watch Trek, you know, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and and I guess now Lord X, all of our stardates have five digits before the point. But then we get, like, a sixth digit. And we looked up that stardate. And, like, that stardate that it gave us in that episode put it in the year, like, 2900. You're like, whoa. But then in, like, A Moral Star, just, like, one episode later, we get a star date with just five digits, which puts us in like, and it was like 61,000, which puts us in like 2384, 2385, which is about like five or six years after Voyager ends. But then there was like <clears throat> this interview with the, the creators where they said it takes place like three or 400 years in the future from where from where Star Trek left off. And we're like, wait, I'm just confused. And then we get the little teaser at the end of the show, right? We, you know, we, you know, we're, let's head back to the Federation. And we get this teaser, and it's like, Admiral Janeway. And she's like, Chakotay, I'm coming for you, old friend. And like, wait, how, like, she's now expecting Chakotay to be alive? I, it's like, I'm very confused about the timeline of it all. Yeah. And I know time travel stories are something that, you know, our friend David loves so much. Mm, yeah, they're my favorite. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just like Twizzlers. Hey, don't knock Twizzlers. You don't like, you don't like Twizzlers? No. Licorice is gross. Black licorice is gross. Red licorice is gross. Red vines, Twizzlers, Swedish fish. It's gross. Eric, remind me that the next <laughs> time he comes to the station to have buckets of red vines at every... I will throw them at you. You're just giving me projectile weapons. So, fine. Just be prepared to pick that stuff out of your house. All nooks and crannies. Uh... So one thing that, that, and the time stuff was very confusing, and it, it seemed like, it, it, but we, we've, we've had this wonky Stardate stuff, though, now, because, like, even in Strange New Worlds, you guys are far more observant about that Stardate than I am, but, like, I know that, that it's been a wonky thing, but 
Yeah, that that's that is a little annoying because it, it I don't I don't I don't know exactly where they're going with it, and I think um, I think that that was actually kind of a kind of a theme that we were taught. If I remember correctly, I think we talked about that. It's like where is this going? Like where are we going with this? And it kind of seemed like, you know, maybe somehow we're going to use this protostar to like rewrite time somehow, despite the fact that you could just take a normal ship and do a slingshot maneuver and go back in time. Or just go really fast. Yeah, I listened to that this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's like you don't necessarily need the this ship to do that unless yeah. blah, 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 blah. Who knows? Um, but... I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this. I didn't really care for the animation style. Um, and this is coming from somebody who watched like the 10 million seasons of Clone Wars, which also was very, very rough in the early stages and even towards the end was sm- a lot smoother, but still very blocky. Um, I, I don't really know why this pursuit of 3D animation is still a thing because it's never going to look right you would have to pour some significant money into that in order to make it look right in any and then even then you're trying to get too real about it i just kind of wish that they would make like an actual like just a well done just standard animation show like just give me a 2d or something like i don't need this 3d stuff as much but i so it's a minor gripe i just didn't really care for the aesthetic of it at times, but then you know what? At other times, I'm like, oh, it looks really cool. So it was just, it was, it, I, the animation was spotty. That's interesting because I, I, I like this animation style much better than I like Lower Decks animation. Yeah, well, Lower Decks feels cheap. Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying you, you kind of have to have a style, and I don't think Lower Decks has a style necessarily. I just think it's like just new, flashy go whatever but um yeah it was it was it was a little bit um a little bit off-putting in the beginning it kind of grows on you a little bit though so i don't want to complain about it too much so i mean let's let's just say for a second you know you had the the opportunity to change the animation style like just you know snap your fingers and boom there it is like is there like a particular show or or shows that you would want the animation style transferred over from for a prodigy? I don't know if I can answer that right now. I don't really watch much animated stuff anymore, so I can't I can't really pull. Okay. But it's just I, I'm just not a huge fan of the 3D. That's all. I, I there's been there's been very few that I've liked. I mean like I like Rebels. But Rebels was a lot less blocky. Sure. It just had a different style within that kind of same realm there. So, but again, it's not terrible. It's just it, it's not my preference. Sure, sure. I mean, if we were to go with like a two D kind of thing, like I don't know, an Avatar type of animation, I think would be pretty cool for the most part. Um, that is, that I mean that is that is interesting. The there was one thing that um, that we kind of touched on. Um, I think towards the end of of like our our weekly reviews, and it was it was actually the the uh, moral, moral star part two, where we were talking about you know what happens with um, uh, with the diviner and Gwyn 
and and everything like that and like this idea of did we just kind of murder him and just kind of just be okay with it like is that what just happened so like it's it that's still kind of like a like I really don't know how I feel about about that sort of thing like I kind of go go back and forth like yeah, I know a lot of people probably were like really pumped when like Zero like just whipped himself out and and did that. But yeah, I, I agree. It's like it's like a little like do we just lobotomize this guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that because it, while they're not technically Starfleet, and I'm sure we talked about that. I don't really remember the conversation very well. But I feel like this is something that we would say isn't isn't kind of being in Starfleet sort of being better. You know, you you actually hurt this person. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've fundamentally changed. I mean, I assume that we're gonna have some resolution with that. It'll snap back. Because that's I mean, I think I think they, the Diviner story is over, isn't it? I mean, he was like what playing checkers with himself, like in his. He was like drawing on the something in the dirt. Yeah, he was doing something in the dirt. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's particularly over. It could be, but I, all I'm saying is that I, I think, uh, and I do. I it is kind of coming back to me. I think that was one of our gripes. It's like it wasn't necessarily the right thing to do. Like just getting yours isn't always the the right thing to do. And and Trek is largely, not always, but largely been about taking the higher road. Unless yeah. you're Ben Cisco, then you're just a rogue. I can live with it. I can live with it. Yeah. I can Time, live times with it. Inter arma item salat legis. <laughs> <laughs> times of war, the law falls silent. Can you say it ten times fast? Like the, like not that, but the the Latin part. Yeah. yeah. Can you say it ten times fast? Ready? I, I'll say go. it once more. Inter arma item like salat legis. But can you do it ten times fast? <laughs> No, that's all you get. Oh, frick. Okay. Um, any any other stuff, like, in terms of dislike, besides, but like I said, like, the release schedule of things? No? Um, so, as we, like, slowly move towards, you know, like, the overall rating for, you know, season 1A, um when we when we were like revisiting this like whether we um hopefully we we were able to watch all of it again all 10 episodes again before doing this if not um that's fine but how does this this season like how does season 1a hold up way after the fact like does this story um is it better after after the fact, like now that we have all ten episodes to watch at once, um, is it worse? Does it stay the same? Um, what what do we think as a season so far? I think I think the episodic nature of it works incredibly well. I think how you know we have you know we do have a story arc running through it all, but in a sense, each problem is wrapped up in its own episode. It's not, like, left to the next... It's not serialized the same way Discovery or Picard is, right? But there is a story arc running through. And so each individual story holds up really well. I still think, you know, 
the diviner's motivations are a little like you know not quite they are like okay the federation made first contact with the vaunicott and because of that it they descended into a civil war so now he's going to go back in time and stop first contact from happening and he needs the protostar to do that <clears throat> or he needs the protostar as like a weapon i mean did those motivations hold up as well I, I mean i think we were all like what is his big goal i think that was like the whole mystery driving this season I, to me that's a little bit of a letdown for for a story like his motivations but i mean I, i'd still like i can live with the story you can live with it i can live with it it's not terrible it's not screaming child ruins the universe <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah I mean I, I I think I I look I look back on it pretty fondly honestly but yeah I mean you could have had a better overarching theme perhaps but I, I was I was so much more entertained with um with the with the crew and the way in which you know the each individual grew in some form and fashion and learned to work together and I, I think that that outweighed a lot of the the other stuff you know I it does kind of become a little bit of an issue when you have um, when you have certain expectations that have laid out by decades of, of Star Trek and you know mission based things and and whereas like discovery was always some one long rambling season-wide arc with very little discovery of anything you know prodigy is looking to find their discovery in a different way and that's through the education through the learning through the growth and the and i think that that's that's really fundamentally good and, and i can still go back and watch you know like first contact and 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 time amok and you know the the kobayashi episode even though you know the the ending was a little bit you know wishy-washy for me um but i can still go back and look at you know watch these episodes and and still be very fond of of them and you know not want to change ratings and all that sort of stuff so in that respect it's it's successful but the, the one thing that will that, that irritates me now that will be remedied eventually is that you <laughs> you not only didn't get like a full half season you had a split half season and then you have a another split into what is supposed to be the second half of season one it's a mistake and it it's it's just a mistake and, and <coughs> That's the only thing I, I don't I don't necessarily know if I can fully look back and say season one was the greatest thing since sliced bread because we're not done technically, and it could be that I look back at this after we watch the rest of it, and it might be different. I don't know, but as it sits right now, I'm I'm very happy with what we got. Yeah, yeah. I think the 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 thing that you get like with with uh, watching it like as it premieres is like ooh what's going to happen next ooh what's going to happen next ooh ooh 
ooh, that's happening next. Okay, cool. And now there's this shift of like, I can't wait to see this again. And despite like, even like looking at like the ratings that we, we gave it, you know, like just looking at like the, the spreadsheet that I, that I keep, um, even like some of the ones that were like a little bit lower in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, I, I, I remember enjoying that episode. Like, I can't wait to see that again. And, um, and seeing like what I can pick up on. So like for me, I think that so far season one, a really gets better. I don't know if I want to call it like a, like a fine wine, but I do think that there's something about it where it does improve, uh, with each successive viewing that you have of this particular show. And like David was just saying a moment ago, like that could like the whole dynamic um, of how this is like laid out right now could very well shift, you know, whenever we get the back 10 episodes and hopefully we don't have like another split, right. Where we're getting like 25% at a time, basically. Um, that would, I mean, I wouldn't like that. Uh, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But like, as it stands right now, I think that this show does improve with each successive watching and the fact that it has like good rewatch value, I think is going to be really good for its longevity, not just for the target audience, but for, you know, the long standing Trekkies like us that, especially the ones that might've been kind of apprehensive about watching it to begin with. So um, I think this show has a lot going for it um, in general. So, and you know, and you know, while I think all the individual episodes like are good, like especially mm-hmm. in that back half, and like I don't want to downplay the first half because those were good too. Oh yeah, but like Murder Planet, yeah. Well, like <laughs> this season as a whole to me might be like better than the sum of the parts if I'm just looking at like the average of my ratings here. It's pretty good, but like on the whole, I might want to rate the season better than like the average of the episodes because it was yeah. like, it, I don't know, there's just like it came together incredibly well. Yeah. Well, that's, I think it's a good segue coming into the overall rating. So, like last time, you know, I kind of read off like the, the averages based on our individual scores that we did for this was for Discovery last time. So, Eric, um, based on all your individual ratings for what we watched, um, your average rating uh, was, I'm just going to round it up, was an 8.2. David, yours was an 8.5 or an 8.6, and mine was basically an 8.6 as well. So the question I asked you, I'm going to ask you all again is, do we keep the score that we gave it, um, or or do we give it a new one? In terms of how we rate this season. Okay, so usually, you know, you ask me to go first on the ratings, like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, I I remember we we um, we were at your house, Chase, all three of us, and we watched First Contact. I think you guys had watched it, like before I did. I didn't get a chance to watch it the day it premiered, and so we watched it that Friday night at your house, and I was like, this is really good. And then we re- recorded our episode together in your office at your house. And, like, I was like, this is a really good episode. I'm going to give it, like, an 8.7. And then David turns around and goes, 
9.5. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. And then Chase, like, 9.3. And I'm like, whoa. And then, like, the next week, you know, you're like, okay, let's give it a rating. And I'm like, god dang, time muck was, like, amazing. I'm going to, like, 9.5. And I'm thinking, like, that's, like, a cap on where we're going. And then David turns around and goes, 10. Ten. Like, whoa. And Chase is like, 9.75. Like, wow. I was like, I give it a 9.5. And that's the lowest of us three. And I was like, whoa. And, like, I was I was trying, like, 9.5 is amazing. This is, like, an amazing episode. I, I even said this is probably the best episode that, like, New Trek is, has given us and probably ever will give us. Like, I don't know if we're going to see anything as good as this. And then we got into, like, Strange New Worlds, like, which came on the back half. We had, like, the disappointing end to Picard. I think we all were pretty much in agreement. The, mm-hmm. the, the disappointing end of Discovery, you know. Picard started really great and then had this disappointing ending. <clears throat> and we're getting into Strange New Worlds, and I'm like, let's not overreact. Like, yep. let's not, like, let's yep. not overreact here. Yep. I'm like, okay, Children of the Comet is really good, and like, I probably want to revisit my rating on that later and probably make it a little bit higher. But Chase is like, Children of the Comet, 9.25. I'm like, whew, slow your roll. Like, bring it down. Like, don't, don't overrate because you're so excited. And then we get to like Memento Mori, and we're all, I'm like, 9.2. That's a really good rating. And it's the lowest of all of us. And I'm like, wow. Like, and, and I'm like, I'm looking at my, but like with that said, there's a point to all of this. Like I'm looking at these ratings here, like of these back, of these back five episodes, Chase gave at least a nine to four of them. <laughs> David gave at least a nine to three of them. I gave at least a nine just to one of them. But like, I was rewatching this yes- yesterday, <clears throat> and I'm like, golly, these episodes are amazing. And I'm like, I was just trying to, like, temper temper my ratings. And, like, I still stand by Time of Luck being, like, the best thing ever. And I, 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 I mean, like, 9.5, I just, like, I don't want to go above 9.5 because I, I think you can pr- pr- pretty much improve on, like, everything. But as I as I rewatched A Moral Star, I was just blown away by that episode. I really was. I thought like you know the first part like abruptly cut, but like when you watch them together as like a whole, <coughs> it's a, pretty much everything you would want from a Star Trek episode. Like it like right down to the core of what Star Trek is. Like you know helping people that can't help themselves. Yeah, there's the part about like did we kind of like murder the diviner like that's a little sketchy but like i think the message and even calling it like a moral star we're trying to be like take the moral high ground and point point us in the right direction it's just a fantastic episode and like i would want to make all of these ratings higher if if like on after a rewatch because i think i think they're all just so fantastic and i i mean I'm not gonna change the ratings because the ratings are what they are. But like, if we were doing this again and I was giving a fresh rating, I would give them all a higher rating than that. <clears throat> um, man, 
like I I would I would venture to say that this season, you know, eight point two is my average, but like season as a whole. This is where I'm hesitant to give a rating because then I'm like... Because then we're going to one-up you, right? Yeah, but then you're going to be like, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be like, you made me, like, too low. But, like, I would would put the season as a whole at, like, an 8.8. It is that good, which is, like, significantly higher than the average of all my ratings. All right, now it's time to explode his mind. (laughs) 9.8. 10. Oh, Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, so 8.5, basically an 8.6 rounding up. Uh, I I, I think think it's possible I might have been a little bit low ish on the moral star one and two um i i i would say that with the enjoyability factor with the way in which you know we got some what i would say really classic stories and and a lot more to talk about as it goes along i don't know how comfortable i am with raising scores just because we don't technically have the full season yet um because then my quandary becomes what if i don't like the second half the true second half you will though you will i mean i hope so but i'm pretty pessimistic um but I I I think uh, I think with all of the stuff that this show really brought out, I, I probably would go a little higher than the average too. Though, um, I I actually really kind of like that eight point eight. I kind of like that that number a lot. Um, I don't think I can push it any higher currently, and I, that's highly that's like asterisk you know, contingent on the rest of it. But I, I would probably throw the 8.8 out there as well. I, I would agree with Eric on that. Okay. The question is, should I agree or should I disagree at this point to make things interesting? Um, <clears throat> like I said, I think that this, this show really gets better. And just y'all reminding me about, like, being able to watch this with my daughter... Um, is awesome, by the way. Um, I think just to be just to be different, because why have all three eight point eights? I might give it like you know eight point nine or eight point nine five or eight point nine seven five or maybe just a nine if I'm feeling kind of crazy. Um, just give it a nine, because why not? Um, I think this is good, and I don't know if I'm gonna like put an asterisk by it or not. But um, this this show, and I think we can all agree, was a breath of fresh air when it came out. Uh, breath of fresh air, um, and it kind of like, I mean, it came out of nowhere, like with it being like a, a quote unquote kids animated show, 
Um, and the fact that this show is accessible to multiple generations, like I think Star Trek originally was, like with like those old scientists, the next gen, so on and so forth. The fact that we're able to really enjoy a Star Trek show as a family again, that I get to experience for the first time with my family, um, just, I think, ticks up a little bit more. So um, there we go. I don't know what the formula is here in on this spreadsheet, but well, it's probably like, what, an 8.9, 8.95? Based on our scores. Oh, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> so an 8.86 with our three scores together. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, that's that's it for Prodigy Gang. I mean, we're done with it until it comes back uh, for, for part two. So Any word on when that is? No, but if I were a betting man, I'd guess it's probably going to be October since we're getting... Um, Lower Decks uh, was that like August 25th, I believe, of 22. Um, so, I mean, if that's going to be 10 episodes, I mean, do the math. That's going to put you right at the beginning of October, uh, give or take. And I know it's just starting to, like, be on Nickelodeon, like, recently, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, something just popped into my mind. I, I, like, I don't know if, if either of you noticed this, and I don't know if it was there originally, but, like, you know, after part after episode one, Lost and Found, and it goes into episode two, there's like this terrible like kids announcer thing. It goes six younglings like escaped a prison colony aboard a ship they don't know how to operate. Will they be successful in their travels? <laughs> like, did any of you notice that? Like on part on episode three, there was like this really bad like kids voiceover narration thing in like the intro. Mm, I guess I, mean, I, I missed that. Like, what yeah. is that? <laughs> no, I I just noticed that when I went to go watch the the Kobayashi episode, that in the middle, Paramount Plus wanted to play eight eight ads. I pay for an adless experience. Eight. And they were mostly Paramount ads, so don't give me that Nickelodeon bowl. Those were Paramount ads, like Strange New Worlds and Discovery. It's like, yeah, these are your ads. Eight. Eight of them. You notice at the beginning of the episodes, it does like the Paramount with the stars over the mountain. It does that like twice. Yeah. Why does it do it twice? Because it's trying to run an ad, Eric. They're trying to run an ad, and Eric glitched out. Look. I've said this before. I think Paramount Plus has a lot of work that it needs. That it needs, like it needs work on it. I mean, the interface is not great. It's laggy as hell. And this this ad bowl, if like I'm paying extra, knock that off because mm-hmm. that's that's a bit. Or play it at the beginning. If you want to run your twelve ads, cool. Do it at the beginning. Because I do not care about your mid-rolls, okay? I'm not trying to buy the weird pills that we don't need to talk about because this is a kid's show. I don't need keeps for my hair. I'm not trying to buy me undies, okay? We're not trying to run the mid-roll ads, all right? This is not a podcast. By the way, Chase, where's your mid-roll ad? 
<laughs> I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> That's so weird, though, when you're listening to a podcast that does that. Like, in the middle of a sentence, yeah. somebody will cut out, and there's an ad, and then they'll yeah. come back and in the middle of the sentence. It's like... What was that? Couldn't you find a better way to drop that in there? Some of them are good if they have ad reads. Some of them are good with like just lacing them in. It's like, ah, and so you're just listening. It's like, am I in an ad? Oh my God, I am. They added me. (laughs) Dave, will you just do ads for me, man? Just... Well, I think sure. he's getting paid by the beer company <laughs> or the Columbus crew. <laughs> the way he that would be fun. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> Thank you for that, Eric. Thank you for that rapid trail. Appreciate you, bud. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm maybe I'm just I'm watching it. I'm not watching it on the Paramount Plus app. I'm watching mm. it on Amazon Prime, and I bought the Paramount Plus channel. Yeah. So maybe it's different. <laughs> possible I, I didn't see it do you get ads well i pay for the ad this one the only one i get yeah so uh, so do i so <laughs> yeah. do i eric i pay for the adless one and there not, are ads not, not the 5.99 i get like, like the yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i pay for i only get like the paramount plus stuff like at the very beginning at like the very beginning yeah. but that's it set it ran like eight ads forget that in the middle of kobayashi forget seven that. forget it man or eight, whatever it was. Wow. Guys, let's get on to the most important part of the show. Twitter poll. The Twitter poll. <laughs> All right, gang. So I um, I polled the people of the Twitter. I asked them this very important question. You ready for it? Here we go. Which famous Disney Parks ride would the crew of Star Trek Prodigy be most likely to ride over and over? Okay. Let me read that again. Which famous Disney Parks ride would the crew of Star Trek Prodigy be most likely to ride over and over? Options were Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Splash Mountain, Star Tours. Okay, I would say no. I I would say no to Haunted Mansion because of our experiences on Burger Planet. (laughs) (laughs) Logical. (laughs) So, what were the others? Splash Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean, and what? Star Tours. Okay, so I went to Disney like once, like maybe. 28 years ago. (laughs) Like, long, long long time ago. It was back in the 90s, right? (laughs) Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, from what I understand, was like a really, like, slow, lazy ride, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a dark ride, but yeah. But it was slow, though, wasn't it? I mean, you're in a boat floating on a track, yeah. What were the other choices? <laughs> Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Splash Mountain, and Star Tours. Splash Mountain sounds fun. Okay. They've got they've got a version of that at Cedar Points. Basically the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go Splash Mountain. Okay. David, it's always fun. Man. 
It's always fun to get the people stand up on the bridge when it comes down and get soaked when you're not on the ride. I I've never been. I wasn't there, you know, many years ago. Uh, so I have zero idea about any of these. And when I finally do go, I'm just going to make a lightsaber and then head over and buy a wand. So I'm just doing like the the, the nerdy stuff there. Love it. Um, but I do. Yeah, so I, I don't really know what anything is, but I know what a splash mountain is. Uh, and I, I feel like they'd probably have a good time on that. Okay. All right. So I would like to say that we got one comment on this, and this is like a legendary Pokemon, like level of comment. Okay. So we have actually one of the executive producers of Star Trek Prodigy that commented on this poll. Oh, wow. Cool. So, um, yeah, Aaron Walkie. Um, at at Good Aaron commented pirates one hundred percent. Okay, fine. So, I guess that settles all debate. Right? There we yeah. go, right there. I mean, like <laughs> I he's mean. he's one of the writers, so yeah, he's gonna know, right? So, uh, let's go to the results, gang. Here we go. By the way, I had I had a lot of fun coming up with like the what my fourth one was going to be. I was like, what what are, what, are, what are good, like, you know, Disneyland or Magic Kingdom kind of rides? And then um, I went and asked my wife, and um, she's like, I'm like, maybe I should, I was like, maybe I should do Star Tours. And we both like, just laughed our butts off just because it's, you know, the Star Wars ride. Um, anyway, so coming in in fourth place with 11.1% of the vote, Star Tours. There we go. Okay. Now, we have a tie for second place or third place, however you want to look at it. Our, we have a two-way tie for our runner-up. Both at 22.2% of the vote. We have Haunted Mansion and Splash Mountain, which means Pirates of the Caribbean won with 44.4% of the vote. So the question was, like, how early did that comment get, get posted? Did that affect the voting? Uh, did like that comment go up pretty quickly after you put the poll up? And so I was like, "Well, now I gotta vote for this." Yeah, the dude, like he's on the show. I mean, he knows. I mean, yeah. Um, the comment was made. Uh, let's see. About. It would have been. It was. It was nine hours ago at the time of this recording. So that would have been about like one p.m. And uh, when did this go up? So yeah, I mean it was, was kind of early on, so it might have skewed the vote a little bit. But there we go. If I were voting, which I don't vote in these, but if I were to vote, I would have picked Splash Mountain, just because I love Splash Mountain. So, which it's going away. I mean, it's being refurbed and turned into like a, they're doing new theming on it. But wasn't yeah, wasn't there something with like the. Yeah, it's it's gonna get a um, yeah, it's gonna get a uh, Princess and the Frog um, new overlay to it instead of um, Song of the South, uh, which is where we get the pretty popular song Zippity Doo Dah. Uh, that's where it comes from, is that movie. So um, anyway, I will be um, I'm actually going to Disney um, <clears throat> later this year, and I'm hoping I can ride Splash Mountain one more time before it gets refurbed um, and stuff. So. Anyway, let's get out of here. Um, 
next time that we're doing this, uh, I believe we're going to be tackling uh, Picard. So we'll be tackling Star Trek Picard uh, Season 2. Um, and then, of course, we'll do um, Strange New Worlds after that and bring it on home with uh, Lower Decks. Um, but one thing I do want to just mention real quick is um, uh, by the time you all are listening to this, there will be a, um, a ballot for you, our dear listeners, to vote on for our uh, TRTV Awards, which we'll, we'll be doing live uh, in the beginning of August. So please make sure that you check out all our socials, check out all the links. We'll have stuff on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, for you to vote on, um, like to go to and, and vote. It's on a like a Google form type of thing. So uh, vote, um, you know, share it with your friends, share it on your own socials, um, and then watch us live to hear the results and uh, see um, who goes home with what? We have some fun categories, we have some serious categories, and we'd love to um, have you all participate as much as you're able to. So um, thank you to all the listeners that do support us by, you know, your downloads and like telling your friends about it. We we certainly appreciate that. So and I, guys, like I say every week, or at least I try to. Thank you so much for, you know, being a glutton for punishment and talking trek with me as often as you do. Uh, it's always a joy to be able to hang out and just hang out for no reason with y'all you know like whether it's trek or not so thanks um anyways thanks for the okay you broke me it's fine (laughs) anyway (laughs) here we are um what'd y'all think um you know with you know now that we were a few months away from when the season 1a ended um do you agree with our ratings you know your our thoughts you know we'd love to hear it Check us out. Send us a note. Uh, we're on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. You can also send us a, an email. Enter in coordinates to TRTVPod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before uh, we got to go fast and get out of here. So um, other than that, if you do want to, you know, mail us something like some I don't know, MRE goop that Rock Talk would like, we'd love to get it, I think. Uh, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.